0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Yes, it is. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Unbelievably busy time. Super Bowl, obviously, four days away. We're talking about that. A good deal here, as you would expect. But taking precedence over that, the latest machinations on this, the eve of the NBA's trade deadline. And I've told you, I'm thrilled to say we'll be on TV tonight. Stephen A. and Michael Wilbon and Jalen Rose. And most importantly, Adrian Wojnarowski tonight seven Eastern with NBA countdown. Might we be talking about one of the biggest NBA trades in a really long time? And Woj is good enough to jump in for a few minutes with us here on ESPN Radio as well. Woj, always a pleasure. And, and let's go right to it. You I agree. know, uh, hi the, the 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 Harden and Simmons of it all. Um, you know, which we've obviously been talking about and speculating about for I guess months now on our shows at night. We're now sort of into the nitty gritty. Where do we stand as of right, might Right now,
2: on a hardened Ben on a Harden Philadelphia trade, nowhere. Yeah,
1: yeah nowhere. nowhere. You, no, you think that's not
2: nowhere? No. Well, I'm not. I, I'm not in the prediction. I, I try not to mm-hmm. be in the prediction business, mm-hmm. Greeny, because mm-hmm. you follow the news where it leads. But right now, there, there's no negotiation going on between. Philadelphia and Brooklyn, you know, the trade deadline is tomorrow at three. It can change. But the idea that they are going back and forth, that's been surmised by some is um, I don't believe that to be accurate. And so, uh, again, deadlines create action often Mm -hmm. and people hold out and there's always a lot of posturing. But I think Brooklyn still believes right now its best path is to Get Kevin Durant back and get James Harden healthy and, and and Kyrie Irving on the court and and get those three together again um, after probably after the All Star break when when, when they're hopeful Durant could be back. Uh, it is not a perfect or ideal scenario right now with James Harden. There's no question about that. But um, I think barring you know a flurry of negotiations and activity that hasn't happened yet. Uh, right now, I think James Harden is likely to be with the Nets again. It's always fluid, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't sense an appetite from Brooklyn to do a deal that's just simply Ben Simmons for James Harden. And um, if you know if Philadelphia decided to you know get really aggressive with an offer or offers, again it can change, of course. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe there's any negotiations going on right now.
1: Fully understood. And, and so, with that said, and I, I feel like I feel like twice a week, you and I walk over to our little corner on NBA Countdown, and and I ask you about these same two guys. Is, is are are the people in in Philadelphia? I'm not sure what the right word is here. Are they resigned to the idea that they're just going to have to go the rest of this season in which Joel Embiid is having the best year of his career and understanding, you know, in his particular case, how narrow his window might be just based on his history of injuries and everything else. Would you describe them like sort of some resignation that it's just not going to happen before this trade deadline?
2: I don't know if it's resignation. I think they would love to make a dramatic improvement to their roster Mm -hmm. you know I'm not sure the sense that Embiid had injuries but he's been very uh, a very healthy player he's been very productive player the last few years here and um I, I think that certainly again like of course you want to take advantage to what is you know what may turn out to be an MVP season from Embiid but they want um They certainly want James Harden. There's no question about that. And if they don't get him at the trade deadline, then they'll pursue him in the off season. And so um, I think that's kind of where they are with the Sixers. But I do think there's a willingness to not just, we've been through this certainly many times. I, I do think there's a willingness in Philly to not just give, in their minds, give Ben Simmons away, just do a deal to do a deal here at the deadline When they believe that there there are more, you know, very prominent players they possibly could get at for him in the off season, starting with Harden.
1: Greeny and Woj with us here on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance Drivers who switch and save a Progressive save over $700 on average. You had yourself a busy day yesterday with some really interesting deals, including this one young player everybody loves in Tyrese Halliburton and some of the others. What else are we watching today? What what else over the course of, you know, between now and and our show tonight and then the, the trade deadline special you guys will have tomorrow leading up to the deadline? What else are we keeping a close eye on right now?
2: Yeah, I think you know, there's certainly been some very significant players move among, I think, the most significant that were likely to move to the trade deadline. You've seen a move leading up to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell, Robert Covington t- from Portland to the Clippers, uh, Dom- uh, uh, Doma- Domas Sabonis to Sacramento, and then Tyrese Halliburton, which certainly surprised people from the Kings to the Pacers. Karis LeVert goes to Cleveland. So certainly a lot of names that you were hearing, leading toward the trade deadline, have moved. And, you know, Jeremy Grant in Detroit is certainly a player that uh, there's nobody in the league who wouldn't love to have him. Detroit hasn't seen anything yet that would lead them to believe they're on the cusp of trading Grant. He's got another year left on his deal. They can take it into the offseason. They could always extend him in in Detroit. But I think without getting, um, you know, I think they'd like two first-round picks back for him. Or, or a really good young player, and short of that, I think you may see Detroit keep him. But players like Serge Ibaka with the Clippers, Marvin Bagley Jr. with the uh, Kings, those are certainly you know players who um, you know might be certainly rotational players somewhere, um, but not certainly the star quality of of some of the other guys that um, we've seen move or or. You know, talking about Ben Simmons, James Harden, mm-hmm. Greeny, and
1: Woj. One more quick one for you here, and that would be, you know, the Lakers had a just a just got worked last night. And they got blown out, and what was an interesting yeah. an interesting night for them because you know they beat the Knicks at home on, on you know on ABC. We had the game on Saturday night. and went to overtime. Then they were home resting for a couple days. They got the defending champs and Giannis coming in. You know, this was a chance for the Lakers to make some statement and they just got obliterated basically from the jump, and Giannis went nuts against them. Is there anything that we should expect them to do before the trade deadline at at all? LeBron sounded really frustrated last night. Is there any reason to think they might do anything at all in the next whatever it is, 30 hours?
2: I do think, Green, they could do something, but I think it's probably going to be along the margins. They've been very reluctant to move out, Uh, a first round pick in deals. Um, They've just given, you know, they they had to give a pick up to get Russell Westbrook. The idea of giving another pick away to bring in someone or to offload someone uh, has not been appetizing to them, especially when deep down they know it might not really make a significant difference. And I think just the way their roster is set up and structured and the money that is invested in Russell Westbrook and, and really the, the, the very limited scope you have, very limited, of, of being able to move him, um, it, it makes it unlikely, I think, Greeny, that they can do something of, of that really could dramatically impact uh, this team.
1: All right, well, we will be sitting... Well, as always, monitoring your Twitter feed over the course of this day uh, and into tomorrow as we see what winds up happening before this deadline. And I will see you tonight, my friend. Thank you very much, Woj, as always.
2: Of course, Gritty. Thanks for having me. That's Woj.
1: I, I want to give everyone a little sense of what it's like working with Woj. You know, I've covered the NBA for my shows, for my talk shows at ESPN, you know, for 25 years. But this is my first time, Rick, really working within the confines of the sport. So it's fascinating to see. Watching Woj work is fascinating. Like, you know, he sits in this little corner. He's got – I don't mean on the air now. I'm talking about, you know, we have a conference room. He sits in a corner. He is texting constantly. I mean – Constantly, And every now and again, the phone will ring, and he'll just kind of look up at everybody, and that's the signal that everyone needs to leave the room. <laughs> he's got to have a conversation that no one else is allowed to hear. Is he a one-phone guy or a two-phone He guy? seems to only have one phone. Good for but him. what I can tell, he's on one phone. Wow. Now, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in that room the entire time. <laughs> but I've, I, thus far, I've only seen one phone from him. I think Shefty's a one-phone guy, too. Have you seen multiple phones on Shefty? I've
3: seen multiple phones on Shefty from time to time. He's talked about that before. Oh, has he? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I don't think I've noticed that. Like when he's on on the set with me he's always just had the one but I've never really worked on the NFL with him even at the draft he's not on the same set that we are you know at least that I you know the one that I'm on he has his own little area over there where last year he had this large blanket (laughs) because it was cold (laughs) in Cleveland Um, so anyway so that's fun tonight should be really good and I mentioned Giannis Hembo gives me the numbers Giannis had 44 points last night shot 17 of 20 from the floor I, I, I mean I'm looking forward to this conversation on countdown tonight but where the hell is Anthony Davis? I mean, there was a moment in time in which the answer, who would you start a team with, Anthony Davis or Giannis, was Anthony Davis. How ridiculous does that sound now? Giannis was at, against them 44 points on 17 of 20 from the floor last night. That, that, is, that is an embarrassing beatdown the lakers took now uh, try the 45 dollars silver unlimited plan from straight talk wireless with nationwide 5g and america's best networks straight talk wireless no contract no compromise see terms and conditions at straight 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary going to change things up a little bit coming up next this is fascinating we're going to tell you why you are making all the wrong comparisons with joe burrow we have a stat that shows you the right comparison, which may be the last person you're expecting. And I promise you'll be talking about it all day. Don't miss it next on ESPN Radio.
0: Greenie, the podcast.
4: Must be 21 plus plus present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hembo brought
1: up something fascinating when he and I were together earlier this morning, and I, I really wanted to share it here. The people are trying to compare Joe Burrow to people. I keep comparing him to Namath. I think the swag, the, the, the stunning upsets, all of that, the, the there's a Namath quality to him. I was actually talking to my mom on the phone yesterday, who, as I've said many times, would have left my father for Joe Namath, and my father would absolutely have applauded that. Um, that's, that's who Joe Namath was in my household as a child. Um, so there's no greater compliment you can pay a person than to say he reminds you of Namath, as far as I'm concerned. Others will call him Joe Cool, so he reminds them of Montana. Others will say Brady. He's the next Tom Brady. That's what... Um, Rex has said many times, but you pointed something out to me, that what Joe Burrow has the opportunity to do in a three-season span would be in college to win the National Player of the Year award and the national championship, then be drafted number one overall and win the pro championship in the first two years. So let me make this clear. All of that happening in a three-season span, this is not just an NFL list. This has only happened once before, once before in a three-season span in any of the four major sports, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, that a player won the player of the year award, whatever that is considered, whether it's the Heisman in the case of Burrow or whatever that award is considered, and the national championship in college, then was drafted number one overall. And within a three-season span of that won the championship in the pros. There's only one player to do it in any of the sports. Nuno, have you seen the answer? Uh, yes, I have. Bubba, have you, I've, I mean, not why I'm asking you this question. <laughs> you obviously haven't seen the answer. Do you care to hazard a guess as to who it might be? It is, it is unquestionably a famous person. If you wanted to make an argument, it is one of the five most accomplished people in as far as play sure. in the history of American sports. You could
0: do it. Yeah, I mean, I think... If you're ever thinking of most accomplished college and then pro, I, I, I would guess Kareem, right?
1: That's it. He got it. That well is done. correct. Well done. While known as Lou Alcindor at UCLA Blue. and then into Milwaukee from 1969 to 1971. He won the National Player of the Year award at UCLA. They won the national championship. He was the first pick overall, and he led the Bucs, the Milwaukee Bucks, to an NBA championship, a franchise that didn't win one again until Giannis last year. And now here is Burrow doing the same thing. He goes to a great college program. They weren't winning titles the way UCLA was when Alcindor was there, but he goes to LSU, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship, goes number one overall, and leads the Bengals. Who are infinitely more woebegone than the Bucks, I think. I don't really know much about what the Bucks were before Kareem or Al Cinder got there. But one way or another, that's the comparison. The comparison to be making with Joe Burrow is Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Pretty good. And I would throw in that in the middle, this is over a three season span, the second season, the one in the middle, he didn't even finish. Because he tore up his knee. He suffered a terrible injury. He suffered the kind of injury that some players never come back fully from. He came back and led his team to the championship round. So to be clear, he hasn't accomplished this yet. He's got one more huge hurdle to jump this Sunday. He's got to, in order to close this out, he's got to beat the Rams. But I promised you this was one that you would remember for the rest of the day. Lou Alcindor is the only player to win national player of the year, the national championship, go number one, and then win the title in the pros in his first three years. No baseball player has ever done it. No Mm -hmm. hockey player has ever done it. No NFL player has ever done it. And only Alcindor did it in the NBA. Joe Burrow could become the second. Absolutely remarkable. All right, next. The Scoop. You know, I made this comment after one of the playoff games. And that is that, Maybe being overlooked, even though you know who he is, in all of this, in all of the Super Bowl preview, is how valuable Evan McPherson is to the Bengals. And Hembo, you were the one who wanted to get into this today, and so I'm going to give you the floor to make the the arguments here and put the stats to it. But I said after one of the playoff games, a genuinely great kicker, and, and I don't just mean a good one, but I mean a guy like him, who is just freaking cash money, that is not a luxury. That's a weapon. It changes the way you coach. It changes the way you approach a game. It changes the way the quarterback can do things. Evan McPherson has been a ridiculously valuable piece of the Bengals' Super Bowl run. Give me some numbers.
3: I I do not think it is a a stretch to say the Bengals would not have won any of those three games if it weren't for his kicking. Because, Greeny, the Bengals have scored in three postseason games. They have scored 72 points as a team. Their kicker has scored 40 of those 72 points. That's 56% of the Bengals scoring this postseason. And he's not missed. He's made all 12 field goals that he has attempted, five of which have been from 40-plus yards, and he's 4-for-4 on extra points. Cincinnati has reached the Super Bowl, having played three games and scored five touchdowns as a team. He is the single biggest reason. We talk all we want about Joe Burrow. That they won each of those three games, in my judgment.
1: That's 100% right. And two of them, they won in walk-off fashion mm-hmm. on his kicks. Right? They beat Tennessee as time expires on a kick by him, and then they beat Kansas City in overtime mm-hmm. on a kick by him. So, yeah, that's an incredibly valuable thing to have. And you know, for all these teams out there, like the team I root for never has a kicker. I mean, I, I, since Nick Falk, loved, like, well, they, they literally are like changing kickers every other week. So as we start getting to the draft... And I haven't gotten this deep into my research yet. I know Mel is starting to talk about a punter he's very excited about um, that he thinks could go in the fourth or fifth round. But the idea that you shouldn't draft a kicker if he's someone this good is crazy. Now, where do you draft him? I don't know. But how valuable is McPherson? Again, they've scored 72 points in the playoffs. He's scored 40 of them. They've only scored five touchdowns in three games and they're in the Super Bowl. And part of that is because they can comfortably play for field goals in parts of the field where other teams are contemplating going for it on fourth down. Now you go for it, you don't make it, you give the other team a short field. Like It changes everything, everything in a football game when you have a, a player that good. Like To be as valuable as he is at that position, you have to be next level good. But if you are, then it is a very, very valuable thing to have.
3: Yes? Yes. I mean, we're talking his scoring output, Greeny, is like the best postseason ever. It's like Larry Fitzgerald in 2009. It's a late 90s season from Terrell Davis, like Hall of Fame actual players. And as a specialist, he is, like I said, as big a reason why they're there as, as anybody.
1: Uh, I got more Super Bowl stats for you as we go, including another trivia question. I also have the least important but absolutely fascinating Super Bowl stat you will hear this week. And we'll do who you got. All that is on the way. But let's do the trivia. Hambo gives me this one. There are 28 players who have won exactly four Super Bowls. Only two of them won more. Tom Brady is obviously one of those with his seven. Who's the only other player to win more than four
4: Super Bowls? Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: i got two little trivia notes here. One of them is completely irrelevant, but interesting. The other one is the one Hembo just gave me. Give me the question again.
3: Greeny, there are 28 players in NFL history that have won exactly four Super Bowls. There are only two that have won more. We, of course, know that Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls, and there's another player who won five. My question for you is, who is that player? I'm almost
1: positive I know the answer to this question, and it is Charles Haley. Is that right? That is correct.
0: Oh, or look Haley at the. Also, look how we,
1: deflated you look when I say that. I know, Can we go over
0: him saying the word "won." Yeah, say that again. I, I, I didn't
1: pick up on it. Won?
3: Did I say that wrong, Bubba? What What did he say? S- say it again. I said Juan. Juan, "won." Won. W o n. Won. Won. Just say that, Say it, use it in the form of a sentence. Charles Haley won five Super Bowls. No, you're not really
1: saying that. He won five Super Bowls.
3: Won. One is, he he didn't O-N-E, five Super Bowls, he W-O-N. are you being serious right now? 100% serious. Say the whole sentence again. Charles Haley won five Super Bowls.
1: What are you, Obi-Wan Kenobi? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? The word is one. W-O-N is pronounced one. Every human being alive pronounces that word one. no, no, no.
3: no. O-N-E is pronounced one.
1: No, O-N-E is pronounced one. W-O-N is also pronounced one. No, 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 no.
3: It would be spelled differently if that were the case. No, it wouldn't. He won five Super Bowls. What is happening right now? What is going on here? Like, of all the weird things about
1: Hembo, and there are so many that make you weird. This is the weirdest. That is a pronunciation I've never heard. Like, that's not, I love dialects. I love the Boston accent, the Philly accent, the Southern accent, the Texas accent, the New York accent. I love all the dialects. I love accents. Chicago, Chicago's a very particular accent. I've never heard anyone say that. Never. In my life, I've never heard anyone say they won five championships. Hey, I wonder who, I, I'm going to feel really happy after the game is over if the Bengals have won. It doesn't even sound like a word. I feel like an idiot just saying
0: it. Because it's not. I don't understand.
3: This is not even up for debate. Correct. It's not. No, no, no. There are three letters and I'm sounding them each out. He won five Super Bowls. But that's not how the language works. Do you know how absurd you sound when you do this? You you do. You sound absurd. You're pulling my leg, right?
1: No. You sound ridiculous. You guys are being serious. Dead serious.
3: No, he won five Super Bowls and I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. I will pay for your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, we can't even explain how insane Nuno, you sound. No no, do you agree with those guys, or do you, do you agree with me, the correct pronouncer here?
0: I agree with them. Like, I heard it, and I'm like, what is Hembo saying? Like... I don't understand, and I don't speak English very well, and it's just like, I don't understand. Like You
3: didn't understand the word I was trying to use? No, we understood the word you were trying
1: to use, and we also understood you were doing so unsuccessfully. That's not the word. Someone's going to have to go uh, go get your carcass from that hill upon which you died, because you're not going to find a single— Where's Lizzie? Is Lizzie here today? She's not. Your wife? She's not here today. I, I'm, 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 I'm bordering on thinking we have to call her and, and find—this uh,
0: is insane. I agree. There's not a—I can't imagine there's a single How person you known can you? find someone who will agree with you on this. How
1: have I known you all these years and never noticed that?
0: I don't know, but don't call her. I've not won one battle
3: in my own <laughs> marriage. I've not won you one. You
1: honestly would not have said that. I've,
3: uh, so if you say you won one, you'd say one one? Yes. That's You've not wrong. won one battle. No. You won one battle. What are you
0: talking about?
3: They're two different words. How can they be pronounced exactly the same? Let me ask you a question. Okay. What are two different words? One and talk- one. <laughs> if you won one, you won one. You didn't won one. We, we, this is like an Evan Costello routine.
1: <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about this at this point. I mean, if, 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 if we were to say Kurt Warner played in three Super Bowls and he won one, mm-hmm. that would be the end
3: of that sentence. It would be one one. No, he won one. He didn't. He didn't won one. one. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I don't. Even, I don't even. I feel like I have to move
1: on from this. But it's insane, right? Being a stage managing for us today is ridiculous. I don't even know what to say. That's ridiculous. You are ridiculous. Like, of all the things I've heard you say, that's the worst one. No, wow. Uh, way worse. Wow. That's the worst thing you've ever done. All those times you used your vacation to go watch minor league baseball mm-hmm. with a man and his son mm-hmm. and drive around just watching minor league baseball games, and that's how you used your vacation time? That was way better than this.
0: <laughs> so Nuno looked it up on the American English homophone pronunciation <laughs> lesson, and they pronounced it exactly the same. The way we're doing it for the words one and one. I mean, as, obviously. As does every human being so, walking the face of Earth. I don't know where up. you got this, who told you this first. They were pre- must have been playing a joke on you. Didn't think you'd keep doing it for 30 plus years, but <laughs> you did.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. I
1: think you've fallen for one. I
3: just haven't won much in my life. Uh, this, this is the problem.
1: This is horrendous. Horrendous. Now, I'm going to get to the other somewhat reluctantly. I'm going to get to the other thing I had here which is that I love this stat even though it is meaningless. There this will be this Super Bowl will be the 10th time the starting quarterback in a Super Bowl is named Joe. Montana started 4, Thiesman started 2, Namath, Cap, Flacco and now Burrow are the Joes. That ties one other name for the most common in Super Bowl history. <laughs> I know you don't look at the document. What do you think is equal to Joe as the most common first name of a starting NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl? Joe. Um, you're going to kick yourself when you come up with the answer or if I give it to you. Are you ready? Uh, it's, it, you're going to love the answer to this question. Everyone is going to love the answer to this question. Uh, Troy. No, Troy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The answer is Tom. Tom oh, Brady it, started it ten cause, times. Cause it was Tom. Oh, Tom Brady, all by himself, <laughs> has made Tom the most frequently used start- first name of a starting quarterback in the NFL. For the record, the Toms are seven and three. The Joes are seven and two. So we'll see what happens with Burrow here. If Burrow wins, then Joe becomes the most successful first name for an NFL starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. How much do you love that, Bubba? Seriously, <laughs> how great is that That's question? That's pretty good. It was worth sitting through the 1-1 one, one discrepancy. Well, I don't know about
0: that, but it, it was pretty good.
1: <laughs> Even Bian doesn't think so. Bean's paid, as he said, here, and he's not regretting having sat through that discrepancy. What did you want to say for yourself over there?
0: Uh, I, do, there are some
3: other duplicate first names in Super Bowl history. Can you name all the gyms? That have started in the Super Bowl.
1: Jim Kelly, mm-hmm. Jim Plunkett. Mm-hmm. How many are there total? There are two more, uh, as quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Kelly, Jim Plunkett. Um, stand by, stand by. Uh,
3: you have uh, all should. You should know one of these for sure.
1: I should know one of them for mm-hmm. sure,
3: based on your Chicago ties.
1: Oh, a uh, Jim McMahon.
3: And there's also a Jimmy, so it didn't really count. But Jimmy oh, Garoppolo, of course. Yeah. There are four Jims.
4: Okay, well, I
1: guess that is a Jim. I mean, that's not bad. Okay, I like it. One way or another, I want to make sure we had time for who you got today, but, I mean, we got we got sidetracked by the unintelligible nature of Hembo's pronunciation. <laughs> I, that, I mean, that is just a that's a ridiculously common word. And not only that, but you and I have worked together at ESPN for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I can't count the number of
3: times you've used that word in my presence. I mean, I... You must, must have. I mean, we talk about sporting events all the time. Constantly. And who won and lost. So, I mean, I'd imagine I've said before. I feel it before. like you're
1: doing this on, please tell us right now if you were doing this just to put us on.
3: I am not acting, I am, I, I swear to you, I believe that the word W-O-N is pronounced won. <laughs> okay. All right, I don't know what to tell you. I've got 60 seconds here for 1-800-Flowers.com,
1: and then do not miss in exactly 60 seconds, uh, Bubba, with who you got. But first, for all you last-minute Valentine shoppers, you are living life on the edge. This is a friendly reminder brought to you by 1-800-Flowers.com that Valentine's Day is upon us. Do not be the person that wakes up in sheer terror because you forgot. Knock this out right now. Lock in your order with 1-800-Flowers, and right now we have an incredible offer just for you. 24 assorted roses for just $39.99, or you can upgrade to 24 red roses for just $10 more. It's a great last-minute deal, but bouquets are selling fast. Delivery dates are limited. Lock in that order right now to ensure Valentine's Day delivery. Here's how you do it. To order the 24 assorted roses for just $39.99, or to upgrade to 24 red roses for only $10 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter the code GREENIE. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter Greeny. Hurry, because the offer expires today. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say
4: it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you
1: got? All right, time for our series of binary propositions brought to you by the one, the only, the inimitable Bubba, who
0: has a series of questions for me, and we will see how we do. Take it away, Mr. Bubba. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger, and we'll start with this, because as we talked about Yesterday Tom Brady has left the door open, it seems to a potential return. And for putting the hashtag koD on it right now, do you think Tom Brady plays again or does he stay retired? Who you got? I believe he plays again. I really do. I, I think what you were hearing is honesty
1: from a man who is torn, which is to say he's a married man with a family and he's obviously dedicated to them. And it, is, it has obviously been made clear to him from them, whether it's, it's exclusively Giselle or the kids or whoever it might be, that it is important that he stop playing. I think you can hear that in his voice. And like, this is his personal business. I don't even really feel comfortable talking about it. But when you hear him, he does not talk like a man who wanted to retire, who wants to be done with football. He talks like a man who wants to play. And I believe at the end of the day, that is what he will do.
0: I believe Tom Brady does return and play again in the NFL. Bubba, what's next? All right, we got Burrow and Stafford. But if the Bengals and Rams switch quarterbacks before the season, do both teams still make the Super Bowl who you got? Absolutely
1: not. I I, I do not believe that if they switch teams before the season that the Bengals make it. Um, No way. Joe Burrow has been unbelievable. He's been magic for that team. And he seems to be exactly what they need. And I don't want to make this a question of, is he just in a vacuum better than Stafford? Although I think he is. But I also think he's just, he is the engine for that team. I can't fathom them doing this basically with anybody else. The interesting question is, would the Rams have been better with Burrow? (sighs) Let's put it this way. I think the Rams would have had a much better chance of getting to the Super Bowl in the NFC with Joe Burrow than the Bengals would have in the AFC with Matt Stafford. Do you agree or disagree?
3: Yes, I mean, the, the weapons are comparable Rams have the number one offensive line in the league and the Bengals rank 30th. I totally agree with you. It's a miracle your, that
1: he's won yes. all the games that he has. A miracle. To get to this point. A right? miracle.
3: Yes. He, he won way more games than he should have. Yeah, he
1: won a lot of games. that I don't know
0: that Stafford would have won had he been in the same situation. Uh, Bubba, what's next? Alright, Charles Woodson told the NFL Network that the Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers and that would be their best move. Does that make any sense to you? Who you got? No, of course not. I mean, when you
1: have Aaron Rodgers, you hold on for dear life those are words spoken only by people who are accustomed to being on or rooting for good teams you have Aaron Rodgers a miracle has befallen you as a franchise as a fan base and everything else hold on for dear life that's why they screwed this thing up in the first place taking the quarterback you hold on to Aaron Rodgers until he forces you to let go I think that's what he's going to do to the Packers here and at some point they'll have to reach the the realization that they have to trade him But I think the way I interpreted what Woodson was saying was this is sort of the best thing for the Packers franchise. Under no circumstances do I agree with that. It's Greeny and Bubba
0: with who you got. Bubba, what's next? Yeah, another day, another loss for the Lakers. We got the NBA trade deadline coming up. What do the Lakers need to do? Is it coaching? Add some players? What's going on? Who you got with the Lakers?
1: Nothing. There's nothing they can do. They are a fundamentally flawed team. They sold their future to win one championship, and they got it. They got the bubble title, but you look at the, 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 the NBA right now is littered, literally littered, with great, young, former Lakers. I mean, look at some of the players around the league. Just look in Chicago at Lonzo and, and Caruso and what they've done there. Look in, in New Orleans where Brandon Ingram, with no one paying attention at all, has become a star, an absolute star and on and on it goes and and then the acquisition of Westbrook this year is was disastrous. I mean catastrophically disastrous for him and for them. His game doesn't fit at all with what they need. And so he's playing terribly, he's getting booed at home in his hometown of LA and he's 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 a net negative for this team. So it's terrible. And and the one I love Russell Westbrook. I don't know anyone who plays harder than he does. But you have to say it like you see it. Call it like you see it. He's just been awful, and I don't think it's going to get better. So I don't think there's anything the Lakers can do that will put them in legitimate contention.
3: There's one thing that they can do that would give them a chance, and that's to bench Russell Westbrook, who has played more minutes than any player in the NBA,
1: right? No, they they can do that, and they have already started doing it in big minutes, but that's not nearly enough. I, I guess... I'm interpreting the question to be, what do the Lakers need to do in order to become a championship contender? Because wow. that's the only standard by which they are judged and, and a team with LeBron is judged. And so benching Westbrook doesn't do that.
3: They're closer to being a seller than a buyer. I mean, that's, Oh, absolutely. That's how bad they are right now.
1: Yeah. If, if LeBron wasn't LeBron and
0: the Lakers mm-hmm. weren't called the Lakers, they'd be selling off pieces <clears throat> like crazy. I agree. Uh, Bubba, Go. Who You Got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call, clickranger.com or just stop by. Because 79 years ago today, Joe Pesci was born in Newark, New Jersey. How about that? 79. Wow. Good for old Joe. Joe Pesci is 79?
3: Yeah.
1: Do you, Hembo, know who Joe Pesci is? Good
3: question. Yeah, doesn't he, isn't he in uh, Home Alone? he is yeah yes. i know, I know who joe pesci is yes
0: he's in home alone what he's uh, most known for i would say yep no it's not <laughs> he's definitely not most known for home alone no i know go ahead um so he is in quite a few movies yes. home alone included goodfellas raging bull my cousin vinny quite a few movies so who you got as your favorite well, joe film i have a
1: a an affinity for a movie he made a million years ago with Rodney Dangerfield called Easy Money before he was famous. Joe Pesci was not famous at all. And he is very good in that movie and it is a funny, fun movie and I was a big fan of Rodney. But clearly, that's not his best movie. Uh, Raging Bull won the Oscar. I think Goodfellas won the Oscar. He won the Oscar for Goodfellas. It's between those two. And and I love my cousin Vinny, but I think Raging Bull and Goodfellas are, are two genuinely brilliant movies I'm gonna go Goodfellas. I think I'm gonna go. Can't Have you go seen the movie either Goodfellas?
3: Either. No. <laughs> I was gonna say Home Alone one or two. <laughs> you seen uh, I will go Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, or My Cousin Vinny. Have you seen either of those? Yeah, I saw My Cousin Vinny. Oh, that's good. So good. you know Joe Pesci? He's the star of that movie. Yes, of course. Okay, but you still he's thought the lawyer. Of it. He's the lawyer, right? The hack he's, lawyer. He's the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: I got a lot of work to do on this kid. Uh, we will uh, take a 22-hour hiatus. We will come back. Look, we lost a few today. We won a few. We had some fun. See you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.